Hey folks, it's Sir Richard Wentworth. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these 3 easy steps. First, Download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit truecar.com today. broadcast network after buzz tv over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV, episode of Girls, episode one, season four, Iowa. We are happy to be here. I'm Miriam Gonzalez, and joining me on our lovely panel, to my left here is... Spicy Mari, ready to come back sizzling hot as yes. ever. Hi, guys. I'm Candace, And I am Autumn. Welcome, welcome, ladies. This was a great episode of Girls, and I am so excited for the new season of like, whoa. We've been in anticipation for a while. So, um, do you guys feel like they started off the season strong for the premiere? What do you guys think about the premiere? Well, like we were kind of talking about, it's, it seemed more of a like a finale than yeah. a premiere. I feel like it's uh, it reflected new beginnings. True. You know, mm-hmm. endings and new beginnings. And, I mean, that's typically what happens in a lot of journey, in anyone's journey. You know, some, some things must come to an end. And we see that in this episode. We have... Uh, Hannah getting ready to go to Iowa to one of the most prestigious writing, you know, programs in the country, and she's saying goodbye now to her friends. I think that if they did that in the last season and just started her off in writing school, it would just would have been weird. Really? Because I was looking forward to seeing her embark on this new journey at Iowa. So I was kind of shocked that they took us back to the same places where they were. They left us off with the same things that they were doing before. And I felt like it, this was going to be a new introduction to what everybody's doing new. And it looks like everybody's still doing the same thing. So it felt more like a season finale than it did the premiere. Because anytime you say goodbyes, that's usually at the end of a season. So they started off the season with goodbyes. That's fair. I think what they really did a nice job with, though, and I kind of appreciated, was the fact that they did touch in on everyone in a way that I remember when I was sitting down, I had gone over everything back on Wikipedia because I haven't watched, uh, I haven't rewatched the seasons. I just remember it from last year. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to go over my head, okay, where is everyone exactly? Where? And obviously they have, the, oh, previously on Girls, but it was nice to kind of, kind of be dipped back into that world so that next week, I'm guessing they're really going to go full throttle. Yeah, that's what oh. it looks like. Absolutely. And we see that, um, I mean, I kind of liked seeing 
where everyone stood from last season in yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, where where is Adam and, um, and Hannah, Hannah at? Like Adam, I like in this episode I kinda like had to take a step back. I'm like, wow, like he really has like come into his own like come all these seasons like how he's like expanded and think about first season how he was just like always in the apartment would never leave now he's like a working actor Very and true. just like making it doing a what was he what kind of a torpica commercial <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome I love that they definitely show us the difference between who Adam was and who Adam is now I like mm-hmm. that we've got to see this change and growth in Adam but I feel like I liked him being that awkward not giving a care person and now seeing him in the Vulnerable. Guess, yeah, well, in this uh, Hollywood scene yeah. in New York, you know, it just seems kind of, gosh, I don't know, like, please don't become, like, another statistic. Talking about, yeah. I don't like how I look. <laughs> right, that doesn't sound like you. No, Adam, don't. <laughs> Sometimes when you drink the Kool-Aid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's what happened. He's yeah. drinking the Kool-Aid for yeah. sure. That's, that's what I kind of love about the show is I think it does do a really nice job of pretty accurately representing not necessarily the stereotypes, but we all know those people. Maybe they're more extreme versions mm-hmm. of those oh, people, yeah. but we all kind of have an idea in our head of, oh my God, this reminds me so much of so-and-so. We won't name names. But um, I mean, I go to theater school. I know 800 people who are in a similar situation like where that, yeah. they're doing, uh, you know, Torpica commercials and <laughs> suddenly they're hot shots and they're worried about the way that their face looks, which is totally understandable. So it's really nice to, even though on a character level, it's hard for me to go with it. So accurate a representation of what I think would happen to this guy if he was thrown into this world. So what did you guys think about where Hannah and Adam are in the relationship? Do you think that the no plan idea and acting as if he doesn't care, is that real? Is that a facade? What do you guys think about that? I think that's the smartest way to go in all honesty. When you're on a new journey like this, you don't know where the road is going to take you. And especially when you're not... It's hard enough to have a relationship if you're not living within a 10 to 15 minute distance. What? To have one that is not in the (laughs) same state. I mean, come on. It's hard to date somebody if you live in the city and they live in the valley. Right. (laughs) That's a long distance relationship in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially when it comes to long distance. And nowadays he touched on the whole fact that modern communication, you can text, you can, and yeah, you can talk all you want, but it doesn't replace actual interaction in a lot of ways in physically being there. Yeah. So, I think that it is the smarter thing to do is to kind of play it by ear and be a little more open to the circumstances. However, the pretending that he doesn't care is very Adam, but I think they did kind of hint with him kind of looking out at her Mm -hmm. as she drove away that he he, does care. He does care. Absolutely. Well, you know, for Adam, it's putting yourself in that vulnerable place. When, you know, watching her leave, mm-hmm. that's hard. Um, but I do like how earlier in the episode when they're sitting, you know, first of all, they go out to dinner in the beginning of the episode with her parents and the toasts that are going around the <laughs> table are just beyond. <laughs> her dad starts off with, you know, cheers to you. You were slow to grow, right. which is obvious. But, you know, that was cute. And then, you know, she comes back with the most critical 
toast to her parents. It's like, you didn't believe in me. And <laughs> like an F-U kind of toast. But on a kind of showmaker standpoint, I love the fact that they opened the season with them at dinner because it kind of mirrored the first season yeah. on yeah. December mm-hmm. they opened. And they're in totally different places now. So it was a nice kind of drop in of, oh, remember where we were when we started, which is right. her being basically being cut off. cut off. Not basically her being cut mm. off. To now she's on her way to grad school and this is where she has come from her whole speech of I'm going to be a somebody and so I was very appreciative of uh, that decision absolutely well they showed oh sorry go ahead no I was going to say you know the fact that she has progression is the one thing that she's needed to do this all three seasons mm-hmm. up until this point, and we finally are seeing that, and it's exciting. But then they show us that it's still the same old Hannah when she orders fries <laughs> at this restaurant. You know, they're at, they're celebrating, they're at this fine dining restaurant, and then she's oh, can, but can I get the fries? Mm-hmm. So it still shows she's still up to her same habits as before. <laughs> it's like that saying: you can take the girl out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the girl. <laughs> right. It's right. That yeah. saying applied to Hannah though in this particular instance absolutely and then adam comes and lets us know his feelings in a way i mean although he's being very unemotional about the situation he still is undercutting her every opportunity that he gets just for him saying you know i mean and we saw this several times on the previews and then they showed us again but you know to anna being what the same old what did what was the quote that um adam had said hold on i wrote it down um Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, it's taking the next step in a series of random next steps. I just felt like that wasn't supportive. That was very just undermining and just it was very rude for him to say that. And when you're in a situation where the parents are there, you always want to be on your best behavior. Adam comes in cursing, talking about himself. He doesn't greet the parents. But again, it's Adam. I'm, I'm just <laughs> very Adam. Damn. No. It is. The thing about Adam saying this to Hannah, and, and especially in front of her parents, which everyone knows, Hannah is not the person that exactly follows through or is really good at that kind of stuff. So the fact that she's doing this, got accepted into this program, is really a big deal. And I don't think mm-hmm. they realize, he realizes how big a deal it, it is. So for her, in a series of random steps, that's Hannah. Yeah. That's Hannah in a nutshell. No, it is. But it's just, her parents already said, you know, she already just gave this speech about her not ha- her parents not having any faith in her. So then it kind of shows that the man who she's trying to make things work with long distance doesn't have any either. And I just don't think that he agrees or supports her decision. It's hard to do that when your significant other is moving, not to another city, I mean, like, down the street, but, like, to another state. It's yeah. a big deal. And I think that he's yeah. a little vulnerable and he's a little, he's hurt by it. In his own way. Yeah, and especially for someone like Adam, who we've seen in previous season, the way he reacts when something affects him negatively, Mm -hmm. his tendency is to lash out. So it would make sense that when he feels personally affected, even if he knows somewhere subconsciously it really has nothing to do with him personally, he lashes out and he doesn't really have much regard for her parents, but I don't, I didn't expect that he would. No. (laughs) Well, I do like, though, you know, you can see that he was somewhat supportive in the very end when, as she's packing, you know, getting ready to go. And when he's he, looking out the window. Oh, um, no. Like, driving off. Beyond so, that. Yeah. Beyond that, as she, as she's packing the night before, you know, he is getting, you know, he's like, she's like, do you want me to put this stuff somewhere? I, you know, I should take some of this stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I like being around your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? That was, that was, it really was. And um, it's the fact that 
you know, when they were, even when they were making love, it, there was a sweetness about that there. It, normally he like bangs her like some naughty school child. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're connected in a different way than when they first started. Mm-hmm. And so there's, he's feeling a loss. He's feeling a loss. And for him, for her to leave, now, first of all, if that was me leaving, I would have kissed him on the forehead at least. Mm-hmm. Something, you know, like, honey, I'm leaving. But she didn't want to wake him up, and he was awake. And, and it was, goodbyes are hard. Yeah, goodbyes but you don't not wake up somebody when you're moving away. Like, this is your boyfriend who you live with. You're moving out of the house to another city. You wake his butt up. They're, they were avoiding... The goodbye. The, the drama of goodbye. goodbye. Well, I think there was a lot of tension, actually, in that scene, the sex scene that they did have. Um, and right before it, there was that underlying tension of, uh, we're trying to be normal, but all this whole thing is going to... There's no plan. There's no there's no right. plan, which, regardless of whether or not, I, I personally think that would be the best decision in a long-distance relationship. I'm not sure. I've never been in one. But easier said than done. A lot easier said than done. It's, so, yeah, as a relationship expert, which I am certified, <laughs> the best thing to do is to always have a plan. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan, you then plan to fail. Because what they're doing is not having any accountability towards each other, not having any That's type true. of uh, genuine goals or... Um, there's no long-term effect. Like, there's not, there's not going to be anything where at the end they're going to be able to even have anything to look forward to when time passes. And so they don't even have, like, a call schedule going on. Okay, so, like, let's try to do it around. Like, they have nothing. And so they're just going to fall off the wayside if you don't have some type of plan. So I think that what they're doing is completely unhealthy and is not the best <laughs> plan no, of action to not have a plan. Which indicates girls- she's not happy yeah. about it, but... What do you guys think about Jess's comment? How she's like, you should at least just break up with him. I want to know what you, I, I don't understand what's going on with Jessa and Hannah because Jessa seems very upset, like Hannah addressed, but it almost looks as if uh, Jessa's playing kind of avoiding her emotions as well. But I don't Adam. think that it's more disappointment. I think that. Jess is just lashing out because she's not doing anything with her life as well. And she sees her friend who is the mess up in the friendships, like now moving on. So I don't know if it has something to do with that. And she's just trying to take it out on Hannah. Like, I really have no clue what it is. Well, Jessa, as, as we remember when Jessa was in rehab, um, Jessa and Hannah have a very special relationship to the point where when Hannah went and broke into her, you know, mental, you know, the seven thing that she was doing, right. um, it wasn't Adam that broke her. It was Jessa. So they have this connection that's unlike any other. Mm-hmm. And when Je- when Hannah felt the loss, now Jess is feeling that. And we see that when they you know, when Jess starts giving her the lecture in the bathroom mm-hmm. about, you know, you could do this anywhere. Why do you have to leave New York? Why do you have to leave this environment when you can do this here? And so that's what that's all about. It's she's she's experiencing and feeling this loss and she's taking it out of her. She's mad at her about it. But there's nothing that she can do about it. And now because she's now Jessa now has lost two people in this episode. She lost Birdie, which right. that was hilarious. <laughs> right. That was absolutely hilarious. And we'll talk about that in a second. But now <laughs> she's lost Birdie and she now she's lost her best friend. So two people that she's relied on heavily for, mm-hmm. you know, that she, you know that she has something really good in common with, they're gone. So back to your point about why would she say that you should break up with Adam? You don't want to be with him anyways. Where did that derive from? Like you asked, because I think that 
she's interpreting Hannah leaving everybody as abandonment. So if you're going to abandon us, if you don't really want us in your lives anymore, because that's what you're showing us, then just address it and be honest. And I think that's what Jess is trying to say is I can't respect somebody who's trying to lie to us and themselves. Like, just be honest with yourself. You don't want us a part of your life anymore. You're trying to move on, which I don't agree. I don't think that she doesn't want them a part of her life. I think she's just finally choosing to make a responsible decision. Absolutely. (laughs) She's growing in her career and, and educating herself so she can go to the next level. I mean, because obviously she doesn't want to be writing, you know, Neiman Marcus ads for the rest of her life. She (laughs) wants to make, you know, be able to write her book. And this program is going to be the one that helps her do it. Yeah. And Jessa has a tendency also, as many characters on the show do, to take things personally when Mm -hmm. things happen to them. And there was that whole speech, obviously, that um, Bertie's daughter Ricky had earlier about the what did someone call you special thing, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that was my Um, favorite. Well, especially since my generation is constantly being accused of the, oh, you're a special snowflake thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We hear it all the time. But, um, yeah, I think that was very poignant and also has something to do with her lashing out at Hannah in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because regardless of whether or not she thinks that this is actually a responsible decision, she feels abandoned. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she's twisting it and turning it into her fault. She's placing the blame on someone else, which she tends to do. She has a tendency to run away from her issues, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is very true. That's Jessa for you. But she's, I mean, so it's Adam and Jessa that Hannah's not getting support from in this particular situation. But back to uh, us seeing Jessa and Birdie's goodbye. Yes. So we we're getting introduced to her daughter, Ricky. Yeah, Can Ricky. Can we talk about Ricky? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Ricky. <laughs> she just starts going in on Jessa, which I absolutely understood why you would. This woman almost killed your mother. Oh, yeah. I think she was perfectly legitimized in that. I think that's 100% understandable, considering you're looking at the person who tried to, and almost successfully, kill your mom. Mm -hmm. I'd be upset. I'm actually, I think she handled it pretty well, all things considered. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't cool that she did that, but she was honoring Birdie's mistake, and the fact that Ricky's now taking Birdie to Connecticut is the best thing for her because you have two mentally unstable people. people. (laughs) Just don't put them together. It's not a good idea. And I really do like how Ricky was like, um, you know, when you're called stupid, it's, you know, when you're called special, it's meant that you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And that to me, (laughs) it's like, you know, I've said it to people, I'm like, you're just a special, special person. (laughs) Oh yeah, thank you. I thought that was a compliment. (laughs) Well, actually, what I was saying about the whole special snowflake of it all, and I think they touch on it a lot in this show actually Mm -hmm. this was the first time i can recall in a while that they've actually said it outright but there's kind of an underlying not message but theme the current that runs the show about this kind of group of young people and how generation yeah this generation very (laughs) lost no very lost and a lot of it some people would uh, attribute that to the whole special snowflake syndrome which Mm -hmm. is everyone is perfect and unique and will succeed if they just like tried their hardest and they're are themselves, which I'm not saying is like complete bull, but at the same time, you know, there are many different factors. And so the whole idea is that everyone grows up and feels entitled. Yeah. And so you see a lot of entitlement on the show and kind of the, uh, the problems that come with that entitlement. So it was kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of ballsy, frankly, for her to just come out and outright say it. And it was funny at the time, but I think that she literally touched on a huge theme running under the show. Well, I'm sure it's something that um, 
she's personally probably experienced, you know, because this is supposed to be reflective of um, her life. So at the same time, you know, she probably wrote that in there of something that she's personally experienced. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, So moving on, Marnie and that very intense. Can we talk about the sexy? The, yeah, no, he just uh, down licking some butt. He was he was hand <laughs> he was all in <laughs> he was tossing her salad. That's <laughs> to say the least. So that yeah. was the opening yeah. scene. Yeah. Us getting to see yeah. for Marnie's situation. The opening scene for Marnie's situation. Her salad getting tossed. Yeah, that was hot. And it was. I mean, her booty cheeks were straight <laughs> smacking. He was handling it. His face. Yeah. Yes. And in that situation, we're wondering: Is he still with his girlfriend or not? And of course, later on, they show us that after this hot and sex scene, or hot sex scene, that he's still with her. That she, the girlfriend is still in the picture. That's Marnie's still going me. after somebody's boyfriend. Of course, he's still with her. And yeah. you know, the, and this is bad, but of course, like when they're at the, the venue for the jazz brunch, <laughs> you know, jazz she, brunch. Clementine <laughs> walks in, and Clementine walks in, and Marnie, of course, is like all awkward, and. uh when Desi goes to kiss her, all I kept thinking was, oh my god. Those lips. Kissing You're kissing her ass. Literally. <laughs> and then she kisses her ass and apologizes to oh, her. That's actually really funny. <laughs> but that makes you just dislike Marnie even more. I mean, I know oh, yeah. that they're writing Marnie's character for us to dislike her, obviously, but she is it's making it very hard to like her except for when she has those touching moments with Hannah but <laughs> in those situations where you're going after somebody else's partner as a woman we see that and we're just like oh you slut like the audacity of you because Marnie has a tendency which we already saw last season to take out her daddy issues in you know sabotaging people's relationships mm-hmm. and needing that love and yep. so I just I hate that she's still in that same place yeah I mean she at that jazz brunch, who hasn't she slept with? That's what it's coming <laughs> and down to. That's true. That. She wasn't, yeah, she, was, she wasn't even trying to be like, you know, discreet about it. She was clearly just like singing to him. Like there was yeah. nobody that else was in funny. the room. Right. That was like, really his funny. His girlfriend's right there. But Clementine, I'm surprised, has not picked up on slapped it. her yet. Because of that, well, I will say this in her defense: when you're when you're an artist like that, and you're connecting with the, your people that you're working with, you tend to mm-hmm. have eye contact. Yeah, she was a little above and beyond, but I get but he it. wasn't giving it back, and that's the problem. Was that it was yeah. it'd be different if they were performing, and he's giving it back for entertainment value. Just he wouldn't staring. even look her way. <laughs> no. She's just still looking, <laughs> waiting for him uh-huh. at some point to what look was back. Really surprising for me was the fact that she was so intent on looking at him so longingly right after he had finished kissing his girlfriend and then she comes and apologizes and says I'm so sorry that I would accuse you of such a thing I guess I was possessive and totally takes the high ground. She has that moment of i it's totally fine I'm just sorry that you think that I would do such a thing that I'm capable of such a thing and then stares at him. Like, I, I would think that there'd be some kind of inner conflict going on, not just like, oh, well, that happened. I guess I'm just going to stare longingly at you again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. After all of this has taken place, like, oh, we're sleeping together. They're still together. She doesn't know. There's got to be some kind of guilt? Something. I mean, she, she did it to Shoshana and Ray. Was there some kind of guilt there? No. But she slept with the gay guy on the show. I know. That's true. But she, that's how self-destructive she is. Like, she, that really shows a lot about her self-esteem when you will do something like that. Like, just yeah. sleep with just anybody to make yourself feel better in that situation. And I feel bad because Clementine her instincts, her gut instincts told her that Marnie was sleeping with him and she yeah. decided 
not to listen to that because maybe him and her are in a better place now. Yeah. But that's a common mistake that a lot of women make. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that girls is reflecting real life. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. So moral of the story, trust your instincts. Right, trust your instincts. Yeah. But what do you guys think about Marnie's performance? Because I was soothed by her voice. I felt like it was very Disney. I, I liked, liked it. it. I liked it, too. It was... Um it was very, once again, accurate, I think, of what a jazz brunch would be. I've attended many, not necessarily a jazz brunch, but, you know, live performances where they're very good. They're very good, and but not necessarily earth-shattering, not right. necessarily like, oh my god, this person is, you know, these people are incredible, or you don't necessarily connect with them on a visceral artistic level, but you're like, wow, these, these people can sing and play, and that's really impressive and lovely. So it was, I thought, kind of the perfect balance of, this is really good. But I'm not gonna like go home and download it necessarily. No. After <laughs> and you can tell that she's she's not at that level anyhow. And mm-hmm. you know the fact that she's working with a, a performer like uh, Desi, who's giving her the opportunity to now step outside and perform in the first place is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's no, she's no uh, well, no. Well, Elijah told her this business ain't for sissy bitches. That was the best. <laughs> but it's you know, true. You you see that she doesn't have the skin for it, and and she, you know her skin isn't thick enough for mm-hmm. it. And and she's sitting there, she's performing her song, the second song, and these little kids are just out of control. And she loses it. She absolutely loses it. She doesn't hold her composure. She starts crying. She, like, gets up in the middle of the song and just walks well, off. Well, she forgot her lyrics first, right? Yeah, because she got distracted. Oh, okay. When you're I was wondering where she went in that moment. She felt connected, and then she just lost it. Any good performer is so zoned and dialed in that any outside thing doesn't bother them. Yeah, and if it does, you have the moment you acknowledge it, and then you either acknowledge it and make a bit out of it or Mm -hmm. say something or do something and then go right back into it on a rare occasion or more often than not acknowledge it subconsciously and then just focus back on what you're doing so it says something about her uh seasonedness if you will that she fractures so easily at you know two kids as well it's not like these are and it's a it's a brunch too it's not like a sit-down concert performance people are going to be talking and yeah they were super disrespectful not to, you know, say the kids were brats, obviously. <laughs> now, could it possibly have been? Because, you know, we were, we're talking not even just a moment ago. Does she even have any kind of guilt? Does she have any kind of whatever? Huh. Could mm-hmm. it be at this point she's distracted by the kids? She's, you know, he's not eye contacting with her. He just kissed his girlfriend. He should be kissing her. I mean, he was just eating her ass a little while ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fair. And so it's like... What it's it's that moment like what am I doing here and okay. just even the lyrics of the song mm-hmm. itself like you know leaving things behind and going away and that could have been all a part of it does she finally have that moment in that moment and then also when they were in the intimate you know having sex she's like oh I love you and I was like what he's like <laughs> that's too, I thought it was like, that oh was, he must be broken up with his girlfriend when they started telling each other that they love each other. I mean, that, did, back did or he, he did, say I love you or I love that? I wasn't yeah. sure because I thought he said I love that and then she said I love you too and it was. Oh, now awkward. you're gonna make me go home and really I think you're totally it, wrong. That's what I heard, but I, uh, yeah, I, I could have been imposing. Okay, that. I, I DVR'd it, so yeah. I'm definitely going to double check because I want to see if she if he said it first or not. Because sometimes that could be foreplay saying it to each other. But do you think that she misheard him? 
I, I or mean, misinterpreted what he said. She heard I, I feel she, like we're dealing with what she wanted to hear. Yes. Yes. I feel like we're dealing with hypotheticals. If indeed, disclaimer, if indeed the line was, I love that, and her response was, I love you too, then yeah, she was imposing mm-hmm. what she wanted, and it was Freudian or what have you. But because I don't think he said, I love you, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a thing. Oh, no, she was definitely making that up in her yeah. head. She I, was like, I think I heard that, and so I'm just going to say this instead. That sounds like Marnie. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate the fact that he came to her rescue, and I actually have the quote in front of me so that I don't have to scrounge my papers again. But when Desi said this would be a good time to talk to your loved ones about respect and how it affects other people, yeah. he said it very snarky and kind of... Um, you know, I felt like uh, attacking the children in her defense and the parents of those children. But I thought that that was a protective moment. And I appreciated that even though he's two-timing his girlfriend. I still like the fact that he does have some type of, you know, fatherly protection around Marnie. Because it's still kind of like his little baby child that he's bringing out into the world as an artist. Absolutely. They're going to be performing in... That he's sleeping with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they'll be performing at more jazz brunches or wherever. And... Hopefully there won't be any kids around, but he's he definitely pointed out what society out there does. I mean, it's ridiculous. You go to a restaurant, people just don't take responsibility for their children. They mm-hmm. they throw iPads in front of them. They let them scream their faces off. They like you know tune them out and you know cocktail it up and kids run amok. And so mm-hmm. the the fact that he says that and addresses the entire restaurant, not just that family with the, with the kids at that point, but the entire restaurant, it's like, you know, have some manners, have some respect. And the fact that he has her back is great. Now, this is Marnie, of course, running out crying hysterically doing the damsel in distress moment. I thought of all the people that were getting up to mm. run up after her when he got up, I thought he was going to be the one that was consoling her. So to see that it was Elijah doing it, mm-hmm. I actually appreciated it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Because that would have been a whole like, all right, Clementine's going to come up in here and right. not be having any of this. So he couldn't be the guy to do it, even though he's two-timing her. So when Elijah goes outside and kind of gives her the, the, you know, you need to get it together, you know, what what did Judy Garland and Lady Gaga have in common <laughs> was probably my best... <laughs> My, one of my favorite things because it's yeah. true it's like you have to have a thick skin to Especially be in this business yep. in any part of the ent- entertainment business mm-hmm. and you know he said they were bad you know bad bitches who didn't give a fuck and That's you have to be that oh, way yeah. Yeah. you can't care what people are thinking you can't you know be freaking out and you definitely can't pull a drama dramatic in the middle cry run out the restaurant situation because no, then no one's gonna come yeah, to rescue yeah. because then what happens mm-hmm. is you know even though Elijah's ex-boyfriend who was just uh, rude as all can be and I can never remember douche. his name I just remember him you know Broadway guy you know he's sitting <laughs> he's sitting there at the restaurant now this is a guy who's sitting at the table with the three leases and they're you know having mimosas who knows at what part or where in the industry they are at you never know who is who mm-hmm. at any given point and any credibility of her being a thick-skinned good performing artist totally went out the door to the point where when they're walking out of the restaurant they say to her, "Oh, well, you know what? You can, you know, you can be like a person in the courtroom in the good wife background. Pretty much, you make a great victim. Yeah, right? yeah. You or make an excellent victim was an amazing kind yeah. of moment. I mean, it was terrible, and it was. And awful. then anybody knows central casting like that was their recommendation. That's of course where extra and background get work from. But I just was they and I just was surprised that she didn't defend herself and that Elijah didn't defend himself in that moment either because they were being so mean. <laughs> I felt so bad. There's for them. also that moment of shock of Are you kidding? And 
and obviously with the writing with girls, it's kind of stylized in that particular way. Yeah, where yeah. sometimes people will say things where kick them when they're down. Yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> maybe people wouldn't necessarily get away with it if yeah. they just said it really. But that's kind of the point because they're bringing to attention their weakness. That, yeah, weakness and kind of highlighting or underlining, if you will, things that we all kind of are aware of. Uh, that are happening socially, but we don't actually put forth. Mm-hmm. And so that moment when he talks about um, you'd make an excellent victim about you know being on the SV uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. <laughs> exactly. That was just a, that was like a little highlight moment of you're a victim. Right. And I love that Elijah that was did good. coddle her and said the truth, which that's, is you are you can't be a sissy bitch. No, mm-hmm. you, that's, it's the reality. It's the reality, and the fact that they pointed that out she needs to know that in all different aspects of her you life you know and recently. and it's the thing that i love about the show is it is very realistic it's this is what's going to happen this is what happens in real life you're not going to have people going out there and coddling you and saying oh honey it's okay let me shut my children up so you can sing now go ahead darling go 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 yeah, it's nope. not like that <laughs> you know you got to like power through it the same thing with you know um with Adam and not getting the jobs that he wants, you oh, know, going yeah, yeah. in as the biker, but not the right kind of biker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's very realistic. And we see a lot of big reality check with Shoshana tonight as well. You know, she finally gets to graduate. She doesn't get to walk the stage and her, her, the Mel and Mel, her parents mm-hmm. who do not get along. Yeah. I mean, it's her dad. Her dad lives in the gay neighborhood, but is he gay? <laughs> So. I thought so. I'm pretty right. sure, but I I don't know. I can't remember. But it didn't look like Shoshana had too much progress from last season. No. When they, they it looked like it felt like they took us back to now her just getting her certificate and piece of paper. Yeah, and also coming to the realization that she should maybe apologize for manipulating Ray. But I don't. I don't think that there was too much of a change from where they left her with him. No, um, Shoshana has always been one of the characters that's always been kind of on the back burner when it came to this show. So when she has those moments, which I think maybe as the episodes get into it, which will be interesting, um, being that Hannah's in Iowa, it'll be interesting to see how they like mm-hmm. focus on all the characters. Um, to see where she goes next, it's it's okay. You were in college and you were being supported, and now you're. It's time to grow up. And part of her moment of growing up was to apologize to Ray, to not be so manipulative, because she sees how her parents were fighting and mm-hmm. arguing over, why does he get a copy and not me? Why didn't you order two of them? And and her dad with the camera in her face the entire time. <laughs> Let's take a picture in front of the, the cashier window of where you're getting your diploma. It's not very glamorous. It's not the mm-hmm. graduation moment that you want. So her reality became very real mm-hmm. at that moment. Um, so, you know... It'll be interesting to see what happens to Shoshana as far as, like, the real world is concerned because now she's going to have to get a job and pursue <laughs> what it is that she wants to do. Yeah. And I think in some of the previews we see, like, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to see anything from Ray. Like, they didn't give us any information as far as where he is or what he has going on. No. We just know that he came to the jazz brunch. Did he come there for Marnie? Are they still dating? Maybe she's leading him on and still sleeping with uh, Desi as well. Like... Yeah. Don't really know where they stand. Possibly. I feel like they may have would have given some kind of inv- indication. But all I know with Ray is that actually I happen to love the moment with Shoshana and Ray. Yeah. Because even though there hasn't been much progress on her, mm-hmm. I loved her apology, but more 
specifically, I loved the hug at the end because there were it was very no, it was very subtle, but very subtly heartbreaking on her part. I actually mm, yeah. was very happy with I felt it her performance in there where there she hurt. She hurt. She wasn't going to show. It was just a very Shoshana moment, but it was um, her actually taking the responsible high ground, which is unlike her, and giving a legitimate apology, I think. It wasn't manipulative. It wasn't backhanded. It was a legitimate apology, and it was specific. And he hugs her for a bit too long in yeah. that <laughs> this happened a little bit, and it was it was pretty heartbreaking, just like a moment of moment of that. We're going to see a lot of that, I think, in, in this lovely fourth season of Girls. <laughs> More heartbreak now. Heartbreak yeah. and, and awkward sex. And I'm excited yeah. to see all the new characters since Hannah's going to be away in a new Yeah, yeah. what are they going to do without so. Hannah? Well, why don't we go to predictions and find <laughs> out? <laughs> and now, you're after Buzz TV. All right, ladies. Where do we think this is going to go? So I do think that Ray and Shoshana are going to get back together. I think that they're going to have another awkward hookup and uh, fall for each other. He's going to realize that he still has feelings. Um, I think that, of course, we see Hannah parting like crazy. So <laughs> I think that she's going to realize that she loves college um, in Iowa. And there's going to be some type of breakup between her and Adam. I don't see that working without a plan, like I said earlier. Um, and as far as um, Jess is concerned, I think that she's going to just get more self-destructive. And mm-hmm. so is Marnie. <laughs> I think that Marnie's going to get her butt whooped by Clementine. I think you kind of covered the docket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are those are your guys' predictions, too? Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. I yeah. mean, as Adam is concerned, and uh, as ha- Hannah and Adam um, are concerned, I definitely think it's pretty much being set up for, for some kind up. of, if not breakup, serious uh Tur- you know, serious turbulence. I don't think that that's just going to be. Can a you see one. him or Hannah cheating on each other? Maybe I could see Adam. I, I could actually see both, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing about going somewhere else, the, Adam's still in the same environment where Hannah's in this kind of new fairy tale land mm-hmm. of you know college. I'm not saying necessarily I think that she will, but if either of them were to, I almost feel like it could be her because when you are in that new environment and meeting all these different people and you're in these new surroundings, it's easy to mistake it for this kind of separate right, kind of reality and cut yourself. It's like the same thing when people like go on vacation and then like have affairs and come yeah. back or they study mm-hmm. abroad or whatever. Or they say long distance doesn't count as cheating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels like an alternate reality. <laughs> not, not just Don't tell me it. you said that before, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> I won't admit it here if I did. <laughs> yeah, so that I definitely think you're spot on about Marnie. I definitely think it's going to get her butt handed to her by Clementine. And by the way, deserves it. Deservingly, frankly. yes. Someone needs to hand her her butt. <laughs> What's going to happen with Desi, though? That's my question. Do you think we're really going to see the aftermath with him? I'm surprised that he came along for this season. I didn't think that his character was strong enough previously. I thought that he was just another escapade that Marnie was going you know, with or experiencing last season. So for them to bring him back, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. I think potentially he is going to... I think him and uh, Clementine are going to break up, but not without a fight. Mm-hmm. I think Clementine's going to whoop on um, Marnie like she deserves, but I think that he ultimately will wind up with Marnie. I don't think so. 
I don't think so at all. I think that Desi is going to break her heart. Um, I think we're going to see more interaction of them. I mean, not a ton. I don't think that he's going to last throughout the entire thing. I think she's going to, you know, continue to somewhat try to pursue. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to get her to continue her music and continue writing with him because they're having a good time and he's having a good time doing her. <laughs> then, you know, she's going to feel like, you know, do the whole victim thing. He might get tired of it. He might get tired of her victim thing and realize, like, wow, I really like my strong, independent girlfriend that trusts me and go back to his girlfriend because no one likes a needy girl. No. And she's needy. Mm -hmm. And so... And how can they trust each other if they're cheating? Like, if you're cheating on someone with somebody else, you can't trust them up there with them. Without a doubt. There's an inherent problem in the beginning. Is It'd be one thing if it was, like... Oh, they met each other, they had a thing, and then he immediately broke up with Clementine, no. and then maybe it's a gray area, but when you're the other woman, there's an inherent break in trust there. Yeah, it's, if it started that way, it's going to end badly. Probably end that so way, frankly. He's, he's going to break her heart, and you know she's going to find somebody else to do. I see her yeah. getting yet another rendezvous in there, someone else, maybe in the friend pool that she's going to want to No, there's into. nobody else left for her to sleep with. You never know. But that's her own fault. The general rule of thumb is do not mess with somebody that's in a relationship or you you're going to get hurt. You never know. And, uh, yeah, you never know. I see her getting her heart broken. As far as Shoshana's concerned, I see a lot of reality checks coming about, you know, um, being in the real world, being a grown-up, getting a job, having to pay your bills yourself <laughs> and not your parents doing it for you. Like, ouch. I'm excited to see her <laughs> line because she has an opportunity or her character has an opportunity to really kind of see more growth, growth than almost anyone. Yeah. Because everyone's kind of disintegrating around her except Hannah's going forward and Shosh now I think is going to be forced to. Absolutely. So I hope really that she ends up kind of progressing more than anyone. I'd like to see her be the front runner. Absolutely. She's definitely going to have some progression. Um, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a race and if we were to put them in a box like little mice <laughs> or turtles. Yeah. And Jessa and Marnie <laughs> are going way down. Yeah, I, think, I see Jessa going way down. Yeah, I see Jessa completely self-destructing. Mm-hmm. She now has no job and she no longer has her best friend. She doesn't care about Marnie. She doesn't care about Shoshana and Shoshana's like her family. So she's I see her just spiraling once again, maybe hoping that Hannah will come and rescue her. I could see her and Adam consoling each other. <gasps> oh. No, say it ain't so. That's a good prediction. They both have good anger with Hannah. So. That is a good one. That's a very good That'd prediction. Be so we will definitely leave see. it to dun, Candace dun, to pull dun, a good dun. one. I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And now, as far as uh, Adam and Hannah are concerned, is them keeping their long distance relationship. You know, I see her calling him. He's not good on the phone. He admits it. She said it. He, unavailability. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's working his acting thing. He's going to wind up being in some Broadway show or doing some sort of, I don't know, a commercial for an STD or something. Just more justification. Yeah. I, I hate how many qualifications he puts. It's such a... I mean, like I said earlier, he is very selfish, but... When your girlfriend or boyfriend is moving away, the first thing, if the first thing you said is, you know, I'm bad with the phone, right? Yeah. Well, try to be better on the phone if you're about to have <laughs> a lot. It's not that difficult to it's, uh, at least try. No, it's definitely never, what's the saying? Never go out of your way for someone that doesn't go out of their way for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, if he really loves her, if he really cares about her, he will get on the phone with her. He will FaceTime with her. Yeah, um, it's not a qualification. No. I just think that's a really funny excuse. Like, if you care enough, you can dial three well, numbers. Well, he's going to try, but I think that was more of a disclaimer for himself. Like, hey, I don't want to get a spanking for my bad behavior. You already know I have bad behavior. No, but I see I see them in the attempts of trying to communicate. I see them missing each other a lot. 
I yeah. see her being in class. I see her being in her writing groups. I see her, as we saw in the previews, maybe partying a little too much, mm-hmm. having a little too much fun mm-hmm. in the jello pit <laughs> and <laughs> missing his call and her vice versa. And I see them, you know, kind of coming apart. And as a result, maybe you're right. Maybe Jessa and him wind up hooking up. I don't know, but we oh, will definitely see. Well, that's the one person that uh, Marnie also hasn't. Uh, Slept with you. Slept with you. Oh, so. please, no. I will that, die that, if Marty sleeps really with him. Are we going to predict that that happens? I, I, I wouldn't predict that. I think no. Jessa would be more likely yeah. than Marty. Absolutely. Yeah, for but sure. we were saying, is there anyone left who she hasn't slept with? And he you is the only know. one. <laughs> you never know. If she tried, I think he would shut her down. Jessa, on the other hand, I don't know. I You're, think... I think that Jessa and Adam are, bo- are both vulnerable, so you might be right. They might be, you know, able to console each other. I don't know. You guys, tell us what you think. Go to iTunes, download us, rate us, tell us your comments. You can also go to YouTube and watch us there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Miriam L. Gonzalez. And you guys can play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at spicy <laughs> underscore Mari, S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram, Candy Buen. And I am also on Twitter and Instagram at Autumn Chickless. All right, guys. Until next Sunday, we will see you then for the next episode of Girls. Have a good night. Or a good day. From Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> the views that you're hearing are only of the host only. <laughs> okay. Big hug. Uh...